Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we discuss entertainment me- media, namely movies, TV, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, <laughs> Matt, Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and start a fight in the comments. We're gonna, we're probably gonna say some nice, harmonious things today, so if you're disagreeing with them, that's unkind and uncool, and that's what we're all about here at Justice Losers. So, whatever medium you're listening to or watching to, to this podcast on, say something controversial. Disagree with us. Make yourself look stupid. I dare ya. Comic Riot. Comic? Comment Riot. I can't talk today. Andrew's here again. Hello! This is uh, this is part three of the kind of three-part uh, anime-ish animation series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Andrew was here last week talking about Western versus Eastern anime. And he Shun. never left. He's huh? still here. Yeah, he's been in this room. He's been in this house for yep. seven days. Yeah. You think it's only been seven days? I've been here for centuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's here to uh, talk about uh, Studio Ghibli. Okay. Matt, what you been up to? Uh, I should probably check my notes for that. I don't remember. It's Friday. I don't. My brain shuts off at about 4.30 on Friday, which mm. is bad because I don't get off work until after that. Um, Let's see. Well, yesterday, uh, Hannah wasn't feeling well, and so she stayed home and binged the entirety of Queen's Gambit. And so I came home from work just in time to watch the last couple of episodes, which is cool because I love that show. And the last couple of episodes are fantastic. Just I forgot how many good scenes are in that last episode. It, you know, it, it sets mm-hmm. up all these like thematic and emotional and motivic dominoes through mm-hmm. the first five or six episodes, and then it just knocks them all down with unerring precision Dude, that it's show beautiful has very good pace i haven't finished it yet i'm on like yeah. episode five but it's got tremendous pacing it's got really good uh inventive shots i think is the best way mm-hmm. to put it like yeah. there was one with like a shadow mm-hmm. when she was laying down yeah that was kind of cool oh. um just lots of really like it it sells the period piece aspect of it really well which yeah is sometimes kind of a hit or miss mm-hmm. um just a good show can't wait yeah. to finish it yeah. can't wait to start it yeah you should get on that i look Man, I, I really gotta finish all the, the shows that i've started episode the king dies spoilers that's in the crown oh oh is that not what we're talking what anyway i also finished reading acceptance the the third novel in the southern reach trilogy acceptable more than i i quite enjoyed it good it's um it's not perfect, I think, but it kind of unravels everything and offers up enough of an explanation to satisfactorily be able to leave other things unexplained, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it kind of sets out what the whole mystery is in broad strokes. And I think it works pretty well. I would recommend this to people. It's uh, If you like sci-fi, it's, it's good sci-fi. If you like just a, an interesting kind of mysterious story, it's got that. Um, it's well-written. Like the um, the first book, Annihilation, I, I've talked about this when I finished reading it. It's There's enough unanswered questions that it's kind of unsatisfying, but the writing just keeps pulling you through it. Just the way he describes landscapes is riveting. So it's uh, it's good. It's good stuff. I, I recommend, recommend people read it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I give it a shot once I've made it through the list of books that people are telling me to read yeah, yeah now that you read books you've got the problem of the yeah with i've the got movies. the same tv shows and mo- tv shows and movies yeah i'm just yeah. breaching into into new mediums that i have not watched or mm-hmm. read or consumed many of the things that people tell me i should consume mm-hmm. 
Um, I can't wait I for think, you to start really getting into classical music because, boy. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a spreadsheet. Okay. Because that is 100% true to form to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just start like, <laughs> I'll start logging and doing data analytics. Like, all right, so Brendan recommended I watch this and I kind of liked it. It's about a six or a seven when he was like saying, yeah, it's like fantastic. And like Matt really said I'd like this and it's like a three. So like, and then start kind of doing that data analytics. You can throw into a variable of just how much you trust that person. Yeah, that's kind of what that is. Like over time, over time, like Brendan's recommendations will be like a lot higher than Matt's recommendations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can even count which ones are hits and misses. Yeah, exactly. Be like, you know, we thought we trusted Brendan, but it turns out (laughs) he doesn't know me at all. (laughs) Turns out he recommended Hellboy 2019 and boy, is he no longer my friend. (laughs) uh but yeah now i've got a lot to catch up on yeah just in general but you know yeah i'm not in college anymore and it's great now you have so much time do, do i yes you no you don't yeah, i started a company time is an i really just uh didn't like the idea of having free time did i yeah maybe you're scared of having free time with yourself mm, and how get does, into that how does That's... that make you feel well, we've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, setting aside Preston's psychoanalysis over here, um, I also read volume one of Outcast, uh, which is a image comic by Robert Kirkman. Oh, uh, about... that, uh, that came after. Is that? It... I mean, it's definitely after Walk. He did. He left Walking Dead. After, yeah, uh... Uh, it came out. Um, I should know this, but I mostly just come to the table for my what you've been up to is with hey i read this thing and i liked it or i didn't like it as the case may be uh you should know more about the content you're consuming matthew yeah come on man how many pages is it at least four how, how long okay <laughs> <laughs> he answered That's our question all i need to know yeah uh, uh, my threshold is at three so i'm out 2014 uh that's when it started gotcha all right um so yeah, I don't really know where it's going so far, but it's it's about demon possession, basically. Um, is it of, done? Is the is that run no, done or is he still going? He's it's still, still going. going. Um, so, yeah, the, basically the premise of the first one is there's this guy. He's kind of a loner. Um, his life has clearly fallen to pieces a little bit. Um, and as the story unravels, it reveals that in his past, he's had multiple encounters with demons and demons have possessed people close to him. Um, but he has some sort of strange ability apparently to make him go away. And there's this priest who kind of has befriended him that does like the classic big on Satan. Ah, yes. Normal exorcisms, you know? And so they, um, something bigger seems to be brewing. Something seems to be going on. Um, he is actually Satan. Could be, who knows? We'll see. We'll get there. I don't know. The, The first volume is mostly just like, setting up the rules of the universe and then breaking those rules just enough to show that there's something deeper and underlying going on. Interesting. Um, it's, it's well done. I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit more than I enjoyed walking dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably intending to keep reading this one for a little while as long as it keeps up. Yeah. So yeah, cool. it's good stuff, but I'll, I'll report back when I have more information. All right. Um, I also watched four Miyazaki movies in the past two days, which is a lot of Miyazaki movies. I'm starting to realize he's not one that you can kind of just sit down and watch a whole bunch of at once. Yeah, you gotta. They're you feel they're it. powerful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're coming at you with all different angles and shit. Yeah, 
so let's see which ones did i watch uh nausicaa of the Vol- mm-hmm. valley of the wind mm-hmm. uh porco rosso um the wind rises which i started watching that one at about 11 o'clock last night and that is the wrong one to watch at 11 o'clock at night because it's very slow and i loved it but it's very slow <laughs> um and then castle in the sky nice and uh, then yeah you see you've seen three movies that i haven't seen actually <laughs> Go me. Yeah, yeah, three that I own. I, I mean, assuming the same I one mean, because what the one that you that we've seen we watched together. Well, and I left halfway through because I got a phone call. But mm. oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I really liked The Wind Rises. Um, it might be the least accessible in a sense because there's basically no fantasy elements and it's um, very slow. It's the the story of an aviation engineer who designed the um the Zero fighter plane mm-hmm. that was so famous in Japan in World War II. It's got kind of the yeah, funky yeah. wings, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's basically his story, just a story about him. That's cool. He falls in love. His wife contracts tuberculosis. Oh. He, there's a romantic scene where she doesn't make him leave the room and he smokes a cigarette next to her. It's kind of weird. Aside from that, it's good. All right. <laughs> Uh, uh, Nausicaa and, uh, Castle in the Sky, I liked, um, I didn't love, but I liked, they felt kind of thematically similar, I guess. There's a lot of the same stuff, a lot of the same imagery. There's even like one of the same little creatures shows up, which is kind of cool. Um, they're a lot more out there just in terms of the world building and kind of what's going on there. Um, but it shows off its fantasy side a little bit, I guess. They're, they're perfectly fun. They're just kind of wacky. Um, Porco Rosso, I didn't love. I get what he's going for. It's basically a pastiche of like a wartime aviation adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's lovingly done, but there's just, you know, if you're pastiching a, a wimpy source material, it's just not going to turn out great. Mm-hmm. Usually, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's good at what he does. We know that. We'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's what that. What, uh, who's been up to what? Andrew, what you been up to? Um. Well, I'm gonna start this off with a. Uh, I've been watching a lot of One Piece still, and um, you know, you guys tell people to start fights in the comments, and I want to just bring up a, a listener that <laughs> has managed to do just that. Matt from Georgia. <laughs> It's not a drug. I'll. It's I. I'm in control. Okay. Like <laughs> I, so I got a text anytime I want. <laughs> I got a text from Matt while he was listening to the last episode that was just like, uh, "Tell Andrew to stop listening to One Piece. It's a drug." And he's like, "I got too far in, and it's just like I think that it's not good." And I t- I told you that, I and you like it. I got so mad. <laughs> it's it's been consistent up to this point. I just I don't believe it. Because you haven't hit rock bottom yet. Probably Matt's not. telling you as someone who came from rock bottom. <sighs> That's true. It's telling a it's telling a full crackhead definitely to tell the druggie to like, get take, out while you can. Because I took a break for like two months. I'm definitely going to take another one once I'm through like the next arc. <laughs> How many hundred episodes will that be? Probably only like a hundred, I hope. I don't know. Okay. I should maybe a look that A measly hundred, hundred, hundred? <laughs> measly hundred that's how you pronounce those words last one was like two seasons one arc (laughs) it was so good (laughs) anything else um i've been watching queen's gambit yeah i've been 
Also, I've been reading my Miyazaki book, and I watched uh, Lupin the Third today. I don't know what that is. So that one, it's not a Studio Ghibli movie. It was a movie he made early on in his career. We'll talk about it. It's very good. It's okay. just also like Lupin the Third was like a series that was very popular in Japan. And he was just like hired on to make the movie. He wasn't really like attached to the series mm-hmm. normally. But it was his de- directorial debut. It was yeah. pretty good. All right. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting other things. I've been watching a lot of Dave Chappelle yeah. <laughs> shit on YouTube. <laughs> you watched uh, John Mulaney New in Town today. I did watch that today while I was playing Halo. That's yeah. what I'm also doing. I'm playing Halo and I'm playing chess. We live in it up Good. in an intellectual life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Halo is the real man's chess. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a joke to that effect, but yeah. It's like chess being honest with bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. I, uh, not really anything. I watched White Christmas. Oh. Last week. The original? Yeah. Huh. Like the, uh, is there a remake? Always. Is there another White Christmas? Because that person needs to be dragged out into the screen and shot. It might be a remake. The 40s one? Yeah. Is, no. There was a whole spate of musical remakes of serious dramas in the 40s and 50s were the musical remakes and the originals huh. were in the 20s and 30s. Because mm-hmm. like they were like, we don't have any. We've done everything under the sun. We just got to take that shit that we already did and do it again. But with they the already music. like it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I've uh, never seen. probably after Sound of Music, right? What did that yeah. Yeah. Sound, uh, yeah. yeah. Sound of Music's like 62 or something. Yeah. Those no. Like, uh, um, yeah. What's the the bradley cooper movie that came out the stars stars born, born yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the the first famous one um, was a musical remake was of a, a musical musical remake of a third of a 30s one yeah. um uh the one with audrey hepburn that's not a star is born but is pink um <laughs> all of those words <laughs> were, were it was just a gumbo of words uh not not pretty woman not um something to that effect we'll but. get there with the uh process of elimination yep not avengers <laughs> <laughs> not tinker taylor <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Give up. no no not that anyway <laughs> so i had never seen white christmas but i'm a huge fan of bing crosby's christmas music it's mm-hmm. the only christmas music that i will palette um i can't stand I hate all like the uh like Jingle Bell Rock, like Mariah Carey, all the yeah. all the commercialized oh, post nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh but I like the Bing Crosby, like White Christmas, uh the old Let It Snow, like stuff like that. Just the classics. I'll I'll listen to that. But I'd never seen White Christmas, so uh my girlfriend and I sat down and had hot cocoa and watched White Christmas. And it was a very Christmassy, like it was that we had just decorated her tree, mm. which I went over to her house and I was like, I will put the hooks on the ornaments. And I put the hooks on the ornaments and I was like going faster than her. And then we got there and she was just like, we were looking at the tree and I was like, there's things that need to be changed. Like ornaments <laughs> need to be moved around. And like, well, she was asking me to, it wasn't me like taking over. Right. But okay, I kind of did take over. I was just like, it sounds like you. Yeah. I was like, there's a certain degree of, like, fill-in that needs to happen. Most of hers are just, like, three different colors of ball ornaments and not, like, the fun ones. So there's only so much you can do with three colors. 
It's like mm. the state game, like the challenge where you fill in the states at like the different yeah. United States with as few colors as possible. And I don't think you can get any less than four. Is that a thing? Yeah. It's like th- there's like this thing where you can try to. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but no, it was a very Christmassy evening. and It was very pleasant. Very nice. Um, Sounds lovely and wholesome. Yeah. Uh, White Christmas is, is good. I, I I enjoyed it. It had some genuinely funny moments that uh, I was not expecting. Um, and it. It was a I, I, I was not expecting what the actual story was. I mean, it's very based in World War II. Um, hmm. the world, so, I'm not familiar with White Christmas. What's it about? So basically, there's these dudes. There's these two dudes, a uh, captain and a private in the military. And then uh, the very beginning is like the war's over, basically. And they go home. And then they start this uh, this musical duo thing. Like show, they get into show business together. Uh, and then they become, they move from being show people to producers to where they kind of bring things like bring people to do things and they're just the rich producers of show business um and uh they meet these two girls Mm -hmm. sisters and the classic song is their sisters um and they kind of like kind of fall in love with them a little bit but it's kind of this little like um one of them is being mischievous behind the other one's back and it's kind of funny like getting a and then they go to a place they bail and they like they run away to this inn Uh with a barn um and they're there to perform i believe they like a thing they go they go to the perform and then turns out that their general Uh is the one that owns that that place like their old general from the war Uh um but uh the whole thing is that typically the general makes a lot of money in this inn when it gets really, really snowy, they're up in, I think, New Jersey. And so people get stuck there and they, mm-hmm. that's where they make their money, but no mm-hmm. snow had happened. So it's, it's a vacant thing. And he's like, we're losing money. I'm going to have to shut down. And they're like, Hey, idea. What if we put on a show and get all of our old military platoon to come and stay here? And so they do that hijinks ensue. And then a love thing ensues. And it's, Oh, it's just kind of there's there's three different or there's two completely different plot threads that just kind of go tangent like that don't really interact totally, mm-hmm. but it, like works. And then there's like obviously weird moments that just kind of you have to suspend disbelief. Like they're in the middle of a show on a stage, and then two people go back and have a full conversation behind the Christmas tree during the show where. They're probably involved in the show, and yeah. there's people like standing. It's just it's like time makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, it's yeah, it's this kind of like almost variety show. That's kind of three little arcs. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah it's fun. Cool. Uh, I don't think I've done anything else to uh complying with our new rule that i won't talk about all the things that are ongoing until i have something substantive to say some some substantive substantive something of substance something of substance to say uh so i've been doing nothing else cool well, good is there any outlier that you do want to talk about because i feel like that new girl's hilarious new girl's picking up i'm in season three mm-hmm. um it's done a very decent job of uh actually the characters doing things that matter and there is actual long-term character arc uh that is interesting and i'm looking forward to seeing more yeah news news 
quite a bit of news. All right. I think. Wait, let me. I mean, I've seen things. Okay. Uh, let's start off with a big one. Warner Media is doing all of their stuff on digital on uh, HBO Max and uh, theater simultaneously. That includes Dune. Yep. Um, includes it's going to be everything in 2021. Everything in 2021. Uh, we we will make the decision right now. Are we going to go see Dune in the theaters, or we're going to try to do it at? Oh wait, I'll be in a new house. We won't be in our house anymore mm-hmm. by the time Dune comes out. Theater. Theater. Because I'll have the speakers and you'll have the TV, which means yeah. unless I get a TV that's equivalent to yours or you get speakers equivalent to mine, we're not getting the same experience. Yep. So yeah. doing in the theater. Got it. Cool. Wonder Woman at someone's house. Yeah. Probably. Who cares? What about Suicide Squad 2? No, it's not Suicide Squad 2. It's The Suicide Squad. It's a remake. So I feel like that one, especially most people will be like, I'll just watch it at home, which yeah. means we'll probably have the theater to ourselves. That's true. So let's try and go in the theater. I and think. it also is going to be big and spectacular and loud. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice to... That's one I'd, I'd dig seeing in theaters. Okay. We're just going to go get the COVID. Yep. Except we'll be vaccinated at that point. So that's true. It'll be okay. Hopefully probably yeah so that's one big news yep uh batman won't because it's not coming out until 2022 um is it 22 what they pushed back a lot yeah they took uh batman uh dune took batman's slot and then they just pushed batman back to 2022 and then they took uh black adam off the dock entirely because they hadn't started filming yeah Yeah. i mean so they were just like yeah, we haven't really sunk a whole lot of money into it yet. Well, because, yep. like, this is a little industry theory talk, but I feel like everything's about to try and move out of L.A. because everything's become so hard to shoot in California because mm-hmm. of COVID. Hasn't it been moving out of L.A. for, like, 10 years? It has been, but I think COVID is just enough of a final push to, like, because it's just so expensive to shoot in co- with COVID because mm-hmm. you have to pay for tests and medics and all this shit. Yeah. So, like, shooting in L.A. and paying for all this COVID shit is just too much money for these studios, even. Yeah. So why not move to Albuquerque, Atlanta, or... Oklahoma. It's. I mean, I would love it if Oklahoma became the spot, but it's not going to be. Oklahoma needs something good. I think we'll get a Football. TV series here in a couple years. Have we seen this year? Well, those, we have. Yeah, those those first couple of stinkers were stinkers. Yeah. But. We might get a good TV series, but we won't get a good movie for yeah. quite a few years. But yep. Okay. What else? Uh, here's some DC news for you. Uh-oh. A female-led Plastic Man movie is in development. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it the same Plastic Man movie that they've been talking about? I don't know. Um, dude, Plastic Man could totally be a girl. Dude, there could be like a you. you it's Plastic Man. Man, just call it Plastic. Plastique. Yeah, I mean, Plastique. Oh, Plastique is an entirely different character. Oh. Plastique is an explosive <laughs> enemy. <laughs> no, that actually, I think that would be okay. So here, I don't think I doubt that they would do this because it mm-hmm. is pretty like. It's a pretty risky progressive move. What if they just made it a non like Someone's, non-binary like yeah. a gender fluid character? That'd be cool. That'd be cool cuz I mean mm-hmm. you play with the the fact that mm-hmm. the that they are essentially a shapeshifter, musculaturally like, fluid as yeah. well. Yeah. Like just gender fluid. Mhm. Get Elliot Page. I'd love to see Elliot Page in plastic. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm on board with that right now. <laughs> like I am, okay. I would love uh, to see this. That's yeah. another piece of news. Elliot, yep. Page. Elliot Page. Way to segue into that. Yeah, very good. That is a that is, that's a first. I think it's the it's the first actor who is previously established to come out as transgender. I believe we do have actors that are transgender. Yes, I but this is the first actively like established. Yeah, high profile, high profile sure. actor that has come out as transgender. Yep. Also, it feels like first person kind of in the media to be transitioning in that direction. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Normalizing that. And like, uh, I was talking to my girlfriend. She's not like ever been, or sorry. He, he has not ever been, um, he's not trying to appear any different than how, yeah. like, he just, the identity is all that really matters there. Just, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool how accepting everyone's been online. Like the. Well, we, our circles will be more point. accepting. We don't see the garbage that's been happening. Yeah, but. But it's cool. It is cool to see Hollywood like completely back him. Yeah. <laughs> like it's basically just all of these like, I mean, I don't really care about Ellen anymore. Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. no. She's I mean, kind of. Apparently she's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> What I fun. saw something that apparently Ellen called Steve Jobs directly to complain about her iPhone once. That's how privileged that... her life. Can you imagine being in that much of a bubble? That <laughs> 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 you're just like, this iPhone, it doesn't work. Who do I talk to about this? How about the guy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else? Uh... Let's see. Oscar Isaac has been cast as Solid Snake in a Metal Gear Solid movie. I don't know what any of those words mean. Metal Gear Solid is a video game franchise that's been going on since 890. I want to say like 96 or something like that. There's one on the SNES. Wow. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's been a minute. It's been a while. There there are five official games. Um, There are spinoffs, right? There are a couple Surely. side games, but it's I, a yeah, it's a uh, Matt. You might actually recognize it more than you think. Uh, no, I'm, I'm aware of it. Yeah, the guy that Dude, crouches around in a box. Yeah. If there is one scene in the movie where he walks up and he's like, "I got to find a way to sneak in," and he looks down and sees a box and goes, "Huh, I'm gonna be so pissed." <laughs> like that is such a cheap joke. But it's their joke. Like, that's I know, the but it's like, but that's that kind of joke has been done so many times. It was done in Luke Cage. Like he's in yep. like when he breaks out of Seagate and he goes up and he's like mm-hmm. in his kind of classic scene. He's like, oh, look, a damn fool. And then like takes it off. Like, it's just all the references to the like, oh, it's kind of cheesy. It's overdone. Yeah. Like, make it subtle. Maybe put some boxes in the background. It's like, I need to find a way to sneak in. And there's just boxes in the background. Mm-hmm. Subtle. Anyone who knows the games, which is probably going to be the only people that go and watch the movie, nah, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> Oscar Isaac's a draw. Metal Oscar Gear. Isaac will draw people. Yeah. The thing about it being Metal Gear is like the Snake character is basically Russell Crowe in Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. And those are great movies. That Kurt people... Russell. What did I say? Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> I got, thought you were talking about Russell Crowe and Unhinged. It's got the like... Kurs and the R's. <laughs> um, so I don't know. If it's just like a slightly more video gamey version of that, I'm I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Pew, pew, I mean, pew. I've been disappointed so many times by video game movies. What's one more? You know? Yeah, Lara Croft, Assassin's Creed. 
Battleship wasn't a video game. Uh, Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Warcraft. But like Oscar Isaac, he's is a great actor. They're doing another one of those. I know. Like we've seen him do pretty good with some pretty bad. That scripts. was Oscar Isaac <laughs> in um, yeah, Inside Lewin Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's great in that. Oscar and, Isaac and Pedro Pascal are two characters that I often get mixed up. Similar to um, who was the one we talked about a couple weeks ago? Russell well, Crowe and Kurt Russell. No, <laughs> well, uh, no. There's always like there's I kind of get actors in pairs because that's when i learn about them uh, uh so i got um oscar isaac with because the oscar isaac star wars started happening when i started getting into game of thrones so i uh, learned of pedro pascal and oscar isaac around the same time that and timeline not... totally doesn't line up huh? but okay that timeline totally. Well, when didn't... i started watching yeah Star Wars came out in 2015 you started watching game of thrones in like, like 2019 yeah like when the second one came out Okay. I didn't pay attention to Force Awakens. That's true. That's fair. Like we weren't we watch, weren't doing the podcast yeah. yet, so you I didn't wasn't know how to attention. watch movies. Yet. Yeah, uh, I had not reached my enlightenment. Go check that enlightenment episode out. Yep. Um. Anyway, huge tangent. Uh. I don't know. I just think that the appeal of Assassin's Creed was something that they based the movie around, which I think was what made that movie somewhat successful. Mm-hmm was that the appeal of it is, oh, hey, there's this whole thing where you can, like, relive your ancestor's life. Um, I don't really know if that exists. Like, there's an interesting story, but there's an interesting story in every video game. There's not, like, a specific appeal that differentiates. The stories in video games are about experiences. Right. That's the issue. Assassin's Creed, as a movie, wouldn't work if you're trying to go for the living your ancestors' life thing out. Because you're not living their life out. You're seeing a story. Yeah. If it was framed just a little bit differently and not like you're reliving it, but you're just seeing it. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different perspective that a movie would be much more better utilized for it's yeah. just the wrong medium for that story is the right. problem mm-hmm. and that's the issue with all video game movies is it's just not the correct medium the the appeal of of uh metal gear is the stealth like that they're the ones who like kind of but metal gear has an insanely intricate story <laughs> well yeah are you gonna try to capture that in one movie um i mean if they try to get the whole thing in there it's gonna it's be not gonna a work. terrible movie yeah it's gonna but, be Hellboy, right? Which but tried to if, get, they, yep. if they find the elements that do work in a movie and they play to those, and like maybe not tell the whole story of one of the games, but at least a good arc from them, I feel like that'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, vote Roberts, Vogd Roberts, Voigt, V O G T hyphen Roberts. Vogged. what about him he's guy directing uh, he did kong oh. skull island so okay okay well you know what detective pikachu wasn't that bad so we've finally broken the streak on every bad <laughs> every video game movie being terrible warcraft was close to being good assassin's creed wasn't horrible from people that i know that are like really into warcraft it was a good movie i just didn't get into it so i don't frame assassin's creed it. wasn't I, horrible yeah. it's like a five like it's not unbearable unbearable. five by definition is entirely watchable a lot of problems but you know i can put it in front of my face well it's michael fassbender yeah i'd put michael fassbender in front of my face yeah 
I'd put Oscar Isaac in front of my face. That's true. Yeah. yeah. See, that's that's why this one might be okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Fair enough. He can play rock. He can play gruff. Yeah. Of course, I'd also put Angelina Jolie in front of my face, but I wouldn't put Tomb Raider from 2001 in front of my face. You know who else I get uh, Oscar Isaac mix, mixed up with? Angelina Jolie. Ne- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake Johnson. That one, I don't see. Really? I don't know. I feel like I... Well, they are both in Spider-Verse. That's true. Maybe that's what... I don't know. I feel like they kind of look similar. You know, when they both got the, the scruff, their face is kind of the same shape. Yeah. Their hair does the same build. thing. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. God. I was starting to panic that I was just like, <laughs> their mass is similar. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm sure they smell the same, too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I know they smell the same. I have buried my face in their tummies. <laughs> Next news. David Prowse died. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. He was a little bit crazy and kind of probably a terrible person well he got shafted a little bit too. like he kind of went nuts uh, how yeah. would you you know about all that right how oh get shafted? with the whole david or with the whole um uh star wars darth vader stuff like he like he got the like under the table shafted by all of what lucas was doing with james earl jones yeah, he thought he was going to be the voice in the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, to the point where he got his friends and family to go to the theater and be like, look, it's me playing Darth Vader. Yeah, he didn't know that his voice was being completely obliterated. Yeah, but also James Earl Jones went uncredited because he thought Prowess was the actual performer there. Hmm. George Lucas is trash. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, anyway. Hack, but... <laughs> yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Um, and Studio Ghibli is producing its first fully 3D CGI movie. Oh. Ooh, yeah. That's going to be interesting. Wow, that plays off of the past four movies we've talked, or four episodes we've done. I know. Wow, dude. Yeah. Studio or movie gimmicks and Studio Ghibli. That makes yep. me really excited, because 3D animation is like one of those things that just, they have not gotten it down as well as we have over here mm-hmm. in Japan. Like, God, watch 2016 Berserk if you want to just see Uncanny Valley at its worst. <laughs> oh, it just... Things don't look right. So is it 3D or like 3D? It, I think he's talking about 3D Like modeling. Pixar style. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's called Earwig and the Witch. Uh, it's going to be Goro Miyazaki, who's Hayao's son. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a trailer, which I haven't watched, but I just Ooh. saw the... I saw that it had been released i saw the headline scrolling through my news just okay. now maybe so. we'll do like a reaction to the trailer at the end <laughs> yeah all right I'm it's done. topical it's the actual episode so yeah, yeah. okay we'll cool. talk about his dad and then we'll talk about him yeah sounds good anything right. else uh that's all i got anyone else got anything else newsworthy i mean if i do it's on my phone and i'm not gonna be able to see it i, I keep taking you, screenshots yeah. of news bits and then i forget that i have it Soon. because this Soon. is bad because you only get the new stuff i see then yeah i don't see anything i don't have any news there's a lot of gaming news that happens like i mean we're missing so much news about the consoles i don't <laughs> care dude pc i don't need everyone's freaking out you know playstation 5 i can't get one boohoo i don't need it dude need game boy advance ah. Hmm? Game Boy Advance. Dude, Game Boy Advance pretty tight though. What are you playing? Uh a little bit of Advance Wars. 
You ever get into that? No, I've never got. It's a it's a good one. It's um it's Japanese. Okay. Um, I mean, I have like the American version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you've got like a little little army. You've got your different units, and they can do different things. Some of them Fun. being powerful and slow, and kind of go up and shoot. And some of them move faster mm-hmm. and weaker. And um, so there's a game that I think you would like called Faster Than Light, and it's basically like a Star Trek simulator. I've where seen that game. You. You have your ship, and you have all your weapons, and you have a certain amount of power you can use to power it. You have your little crewbies. You can Mm -hmm. send them to all their different stations, and you're just trying to get from one side of the galaxy to the other, and there's a bunch of, like, there's a rebel ship attacking you and shit. Okay. It's just, like, it's a very interesting strategy game, because it's, Mm -hmm. it puts you in real time. You kind of got to think fast, utilize your resources. I'd be terrible at that. I think really slowly. I, I feel like it's a good pace. I feel like you'll be able to. You'd be surprised how slowly I think. I'm not even joking right now. Very slow on my feet. Matt is resistant to anything that he doesn't discover himself, so I've just given up on recommending things to him because that's what I get. That's not quite fair. <laughs> that's pretty true. I also hate it's video true. games in general. Yeah. That's, that's so. fair, dude. Who has yeah. time? <laughs> yeah. You, apparently. Hmm. Yeah. I've been putting off so much work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about stuff. No. I feel attacked. I want to go back to that. I, how dare you criticize my unwillingness to like things? I'm willing to like things. Let me like something. All right, fine. Studio Ghibli. Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao? Hey, yo. So. Hayao Miyazaki, Studio Studio Ghibli, Studio Ghibli, Studio Ghibli, Studio Ghibli. I'm pretty sure it's Studio Ghibli, but I do also know that they don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Good. They're like Americans, just, you're trying. (laughs) Studio Studio Ghibli. Mm -hmm. Ghibli. 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 Mm -hmm. Because ghost. Yeah, no. So I mean, is a thing. Feebly. Let's talk about that. This is enough. so. This is we've talked about the Western animation. We've mm-hmm. talked about difference between Western animation and Eastern animation. Now we are solidly in Eastern animation, but instead of focusing on the broader realm of anime, we decided to focus on on a subset of anime that is more broadly accepted and more broadly known. It's definitely the most accessible to Americans because basically I think it was in the in the 90 no early 2000s Disney bought distribution rights for any Studio Ghibli movie in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just purely because they're like this fits with our kind of audience we can sell it to Americans. Why is Studio going. Ghibli on uh HBO Max then? Um so I think streaming is a different thing entirely and i don't think Mm. disney has the rights anymore it was like a 10-year contract gotcha um so that's why you'll see like you know spirited away my neighbor totoro um ponyo like if you see like the studio ghibli collection at uh barnes and noble that's all owned by disney disney's making all the money gotcha i watched my neighbor totoro i forgot about that yeah i watched that one i watched that one in the past couple of days i guess i watched five studio Ghibli movies in the past past couple days i liked that one quite a bit more than nausicaa or uh castle that flies around (laughs) (laughs) so uh let's how do you want to approach this do you want to talk about miyazaki first you want to talk about studio ghibli or i mean it you kind of can't talk about 
Ghibli without talking about Miyazaki because like it's basically it's his production company. Right. Like he made it a to help like his whole view towards how he wanted to structure his production company is kind of cool. He looked at it as very much like I've see, I've worked all these places that just treat us like shit and I didn't want to do good work. Mm-hmm. But I did it anyways because I loved my craft. I don't want to make that a part of the equation for other people. I want to make sure that everyone, because the actual quality of the work is the staff's responsibility. So if the staff's not being taken care of, the quality sinks. Mm-hmm. So that's what he attributes the very consistent quality of Studio Ghibli's work. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just He attributes that to he takes care of his people, and so then they work harder. And they that's, uh, that's good. And yeah. they get to do something that they love yeah. and not feel like shit about doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that shows mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. like and all of their movies feel like just labors of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is great. Um so you kind of can't talk about the studio without talking about Miyazaki. Um just cuz he has for a very long time been the lifeblood of that company. But he's kind of taking more of a, a backseat role past couple years yeah mm-hmm. um he's getting old isn't he's, he he's getting very old that oh anyways <laughs> <laughs> um so who is well so i'm gonna just point this out first uh i typically get throughout the week uh a bombardment of texts from matt from georgia um in response to all of my uh, to our episode like mm-hmm. it'll just be like sometimes out of context um he usually does a pretty good job of contextualizing but uh this one he was pretty uh pretty proactive and he sent a full three-page paper on his thoughts about miyazaki and studio ghibli it wasn't five paragraph essay structure you it was c minus um and it has a lot of very good points that i want to get into once we start talking about so there's kind of two parts of it there's the structure of studio ghibli and kind of the development of the the real world's part of it and then also the the content and what makes it so like what what makes it resound with people so much um and that one i'm i can't wait to get to because that's that's my realm that's Mm -hmm. the way my brain thinks and that's how you can Mm -hmm. tell all the episodes that i've taken the lead on have always gone to that like how people work with it mm-hmm. um but i do want to i do want to talk a little bit more about like the ghibli like how the lovecraft has come mm. <laughs> <laughs> no nope, completely different thing <laughs> how the love of the craft uh has uh, like i love that idea that you give creators the the environment to enjoy what they're doing mm-hmm. and you'll get good shit that's what our company is based on. Like uh, we, that's the idea. That's the idea is to mimic that. Yeah. Because uh, you made me read part of that book. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna uh, be which studio that book? Ill Big. Yes. <laughs> what? Ill Big. Ill Big Studio. Ill Big. That's our name. <laughs> How long were you thinking about that? How long did it take you to get that? <laughs> Ten <Dude>. seconds. <laughs> it took me about a minute to come up with what Oklahoma is backwards. So it was. I don't remember it. Anyway. Omahalko? Um, 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 Something like that. Yeah. Andrew. Yes. Who is Miyazaki? Um, well, he's a dude that 
likes to animate. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> what have you learned from Starting Point? Well, I haven't finished it yet. I kind of failed my reading assignment. Um, I'm I'm really bad about finishing books in a timely manner. Yeah, C minus um, for you also. Shit. Are we being graded on a curve? No. Okay. Um. But I mean, he just thinks so hard about the way that it ought to be just in his own how he feels everything he does he has an idea in his head Mm -hmm. of like this needs he calls them uh it's it's interesting because it's a lot of just japanese talk being translated into english Mm -hmm. and it doesn't Mm -hmm. always so like there's a a term that i'm curious what his actual wording was um he always calls them scenarios but he's just kind of talking about the script okay um and he's just he prepares 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 like from the moment he starts thinking about it he's thinking about every little detail Mm -hmm. everything that's going to be important to this story um like even and you see that in just like the way that the world works around him like the ironworks shop in um princess mononoke Mm -hmm. there's just hyper deal detailed of how like you know they're showing all the shots of them moving the uh, the pump, mm-hmm. or the the smith, the fire, whatever. Yeah. Um, bellows. Bellows. Yeah, that's a good word. Mm-hmm. We'll say bellows. Um, <laughs> he thinks about like if there's going to be an element in his scene, he has to be able to visualize how it actually works, so he knows how to per- portray it to the. Audience. It's not superficial. It's not superficial. Yeah. He yeah. wants it to all feel real. He wants actions to have rewards down yeah. to every little action that people are doing and he wants you to be able to see the results of those actions he kind of does those things that um you have mentioned this about i think brian michael bendis um how there's little little quirks that just make it a little more human mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you start a sentence but kind of you, you press it in it where you start a thought and then you start another thought start another mm-hmm. thought because your brain yeah. moves too fast mm-hmm. um and it doesn't that doesn't happen in dialogue in ghibli but like it like you, the, a little girl trips when she's running like yeah. just yeah. simple stuff like that it, well and he's really good about um showing you their thought process as yeah. they're solving problems yeah mm-hmm. um like and it also very good about approaching it from the perspective of the character Right, characters act very differently if they're adults in his movies than if they're children. Yeah, yep. which is like just a testament to good storytelling, um, because it it makes it feel much more real. Yeah, and that's you know we've all seen movies where kids are way smarter than they should be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, my name Totoro is a good is a really good example of different of characters with different ages with different experiences mm-hmm. all reacting differently. Yeah. Um you've got the older sister who's just a lot more protective and kind of like hesitant on thing and the little girl that's just like lost in like mm-hmm. wander just wander and wonder doesn't and have just, a second thought about anything that right. she does. Yeah. And there's just, just a, a big big fluffy rambunctious mm-hmm. little ball of energy in yeah, the big yeah. squirrel. Big fluffy squirrel thing in the forest. Ah. Cool. Cool. Let's sit on it. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it, the the ability for a, like, he captures the ability for a young child to just 
go with the flow mm-hmm. yeah. like do- doesn't really have the ability to critically think about what's going on but mm-hmm. just kind of goes mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. um and then like the dad that's just like what is going on <laughs> and then just kind of like oh yeah it's my kids mm-hmm. yeah he's just kind of good laid back dad yeah well and he also does a thing that i was thinking about today where his movies kind of have a progression of how much of the world you see mm-hmm. as he's world mm-hmm. building, you know? Like, you start off... I feel like the American idea is you should start big and then go in. Yeah. You start off just very much what is immediately important to the character to get the story going. Right. And right. then once everything's in motion, then you have time to explore the world a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You that, know? It, it's a very different pace. I don't know if it's a Western versus Eastern thing. Is it an Eastern thing that, that happens? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, Lord of the Rings, the books actually do a pretty good job of that. They start, and it's just the hobbits in mm-hmm. the Shire. Yeah. The, the first chapter is the birthday party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all that happens. And then from there, they just kind of they build out, and they explore mm-hmm. out, and they go out into the world, and they yeah. encounter bigger stakes and bigger enemies and bigger heroes. And it's great because, like, you as an audience member, you don't care about the entire world when you're just getting into it. Yeah. You know, you just want to focus on this character and figure it out as you're going along, and that helps you do it. Something that Totoro did that I really like. So Totoro is one of the only ones that I've watched that I can remember very clearly because uh, okay. I was sober. Uh, I've seen Totoro. I've seen uh, uh, Howl's Moving Castle. I've seen... Uh, I saw Spirited Away a million years ago. Mm. Um, and then kind of over your shoulder once. Uh, False. It only came out like 20 years ago. I saw it like 20 years ago i think i saw it i think i saw it it was like oh my parents noticed that it won an oscar so they were gonna check it out i was like six or seven okay um but uh and i watched um princess mononoke okay um but totoro like something that i i i like it kind of build off your like it, it explores the world slowly is that it also doesn't exposit like almost it doesn't exposit enough mm-hmm. it's and I, I don't know if it's something that they specifically did with totoro where you kind of they kind of put you in the lens of the little girl where mm-hmm. it, it's just kind of happening mm-hmm. well, oh there's those things dancing around and it becomes a giant tree and then it goes away yep that's basically the way it is well and that's another <laughs> thing is you don't always get all the answers to how things work in his world yeah but mm-hmm. the characters never do i think the only movie that you really get like a full Ah, this is everything is Ponyo hmm. when like the dad comes out of the sea at the end. I haven't seen it. Don't spoil it. I've seen oh, it, but it's you... been about eight years. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, I won't remember. Anyways, Ponyo kind of wraps <laughs> everything up. But like, I mean, you don't really get all the answers of what happens after Princess Mononoke or no. Spirited Away. She just drives off. Yeah world still exists world still still a lot exists. of mysterious There's... forces at play there mm-hmm. um, it doesn't explain everything because they don't even go into like like the dragons just kind of appear all of a sudden and yeah. then they never are like oh yeah i'm a dragon and a human because of this thing is that mononoke that was uh spirited, spirited away, away. Spirited away. yeah heck even the wind rises which is the most grounded there is like one fantasy element of it mm-hmm. which is um this main character uh, this has has apparently been dream sharing with an Italian uh, airplane designer since he was a kid. Um, And it's never clear if it's like, okay, is he 
actually sharing a dream with him because like things will happen in the Italian guy's dream that then come true in real life. Mm -hmm. But the Japanese kid knew about it. And it's like, it's never explained exactly how that mechanic works Mm -hmm. um, or like whether it's a real thing or not. It's just kind of left open-ended. Interesting. I think that's something that may capture the wonder with uh, Studio Ghibli is that there isn't really that like it's, like you have movie after movie after movie that does kind of leave this this kind of flaring wonder mm-hmm. about his worlds mm-hmm. and it kind of it makes you interested to see more mm-hmm. yeah. like you I think you kind of inherently think that those questions will be answered in the next movie but it's just kind of this ever expanding Miyazaki universe that's just kind of they, they, it is it were it is it's it's less of like a, a contained uh contained point and more of a uh food for thought which i think can uh, like both in kind of the 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 fantastical uh sense and also more of the commentary sense which we'll start getting into the essay we got yay <laughs> Um, before I get into that, is there any other, like, I don't want to stifle anymore. So what you had, a, you made your head moved towards the mic as if you were going to say something. <laughs> uh, no. I'll so there are two points that two Matt points. made. Um, that sounds like more points than I would ever make. I said, Matt, I know <laughs> this is unrealistic. You get a C minus also. Oh my god! We gotta give him a C minus on something. He'll get a C minus next week when we do the video game quiz. <laughs> there we go. Um, so so a there are two through lines in Miyazaki films that I noticed one of them, but I didn't know the other one. Um, that when you're watching his films, you'll you'll notice that there's a lot of commentary on uh environmentalism and industrialization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys have both read this thing, so this isn't news yeah. to you. Um, what? But <laughs> I skimmed. Uh, you get something like My Neighbor Totoro, where it's this this forest spirit that mm-hmm. is it, it's the it's embodying the life of of nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Or why not Mononoke, which is literally just yeah. like literally yeah. the embodiment of the war right. versus industrial. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the other one is that like there's this there's these kind of there's two spectrums that are embodied by a character. Yeah. There's Lady. Hang on. He had it. Lady Eboshi, mm-hmm. who uh, embodies the industrialization. Uh, and then there is the uh, Princess Ashitaka. Mm-hmm. who embodies just like the pure nature traditionalist um i think you're mixing up your names there sorry princess mononoke is the yeah yep ashitaka is the middle ground middle ground yes mononoke is the uh ancient um i noticed that when watching that movie mm-hmm. but i didn't really know a lot of the story behind it that matt kind of outlines in his paper that um japan post-world war ii got a lot of industrialization from the west like it it was ra- mm-hmm. it was kind of like whiplashed into mm-hmm. modern era from the west and mm-hmm. before it, world war Two. Oh yeah no because like yeah. leading up to world war like II, 1850s they went from like you know they had 
planes and shit. Yeah, also, uh, he says cool. there's like... There's a whole movie about that. The oh, Wind really? Rises, yeah. Uh, um, it's actually made by this Miyazaki chap. Oh, really? It's pretty That's good. so fascinating. There's two, like, there, there. he says there's two moments. There's the one in the 50s, but the one that comes through with Miyazaki is the one that he lived through, <laughs> right. which is mm-hmm. the one right after World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and culturally, Japan society, Japanese society is just built around these two giant leaps right. that happened yes. in a mm-hmm. very short amount of time. Um, and he talks a lot about, like, in, in his movies, he talks a lot about the, uh, the, Matt uses the word exploiting a lot. Um, and that's like, he really over exploits the use of the word exploit. Yeah. Uh, it's, and your antagonists tend to be exploitive. Your protagonists tend to be the ones that are exploited. Mm-hmm. Um, and or protectors of the exploited or protectors of the exploited. See Nausicaa. Yeah um and it's it's something that i think resonates with people because it is something that is uh inherently innocent and mm-hmm. it it is very easy to villainize the the people that it, it's easy to okay this is actually kind of going what i'm about to say is going to go against me it's easy to exp, uh to villainize progress mm-hmm. um but i think what his his points are and something that uh that's covered is Miyazaki doesn't want to eliminate progress. He wants the middle ground Yeah, mm-hmm. where not it's not full Tolkienian. Like let's go back to the stone ages and burn right. everything down. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, that's why in Mononoke you have Ashitaka who is middle ground, that this right. is the way it should go. Um, and then he uses uh, my neighbor Totoro as an example of um, like, protecting the childlike wonder mm-hmm. and well, he, it, with my neighbor totoro it's almost like preserve our world for our children right almost like kind of a uh yeah. if we let it get all just destroyed now then there won't be that for future generations mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's probably not a good environment there's mm-hmm. literally never been a generation of humans yeah that didn't have a world that they can freely just kind of chill in you know mm-hmm. go out and see trees and wildlife living doing its thing giant it's, nature spirits yeah. yeah yeah no that's i mean that's his two points um mm-hmm. i mean yep. and he very talks about... very dumbed down uh but i don't have the time to get into like he yeah. talks a lot about like the like well, japanese religion and shintoism yeah um that is just a whole lot i think i might actually post that on our facebook so people can read it it's a good paper yeah you could even just do screenshots of it on instagram there you go i'll figure something out yeah. yep we'll make it work yep yeah but i mean yeah every one of his movies has this tension just on some level like um i mean spirited away there's the the river spirit that mm-hmm. comes in and is all polluted mm-hmm. and it's just it's a little little tiny element of that movie but it's it's there it's part of it mm-hmm. it always comes up um I, I think it just it it um it kind of plays into that uh that there is just kind of it's it's a food for thought rather than mm-hmm. a point um yeah uh it's i mean he's got his points like every media has its point that it, it's a sentence that it wants to say mm-hmm. um but it but the way that he portrays it through his movies is more of kind of a it's like a question than a statement like like mm-hmm. kind of what you said like what are we leaving for our kids mm-hmm. right uh stuff like that yeah. yeah 
Um, so what's up with all the flying? Why does he like flying so much? I think that plays into the wonder, like... Yeah, I mean, it's something that, like... You dream about. Yeah, you dream about it. It's mm-hmm. something that's really cool that we all kind of want to low-key do, but mm-hmm. it's hard. Not everyone gets to do it. <laughs> yeah. He captures yeah. that pleasant dreamliness mm-hmm. in a lot of his movies. Might call it a beautiful dream. It's a repeated repeated motif in The Wind Rises. Oh. I really liked Wind Rises. Uh, or Nightmare if you're in Spirited Away. No, but even the, the flying scene in Spirited Away when she's on... Oh. Flying is always kind of like an escape. Like yeah. almost as if the ground itself is just where reality is and just being above it for a second is just mm-hmm. good yeah. for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that I was thinking about with Spirited Away is like... I, uh, we've talked about this a while ago. Um, how I'm kind of scarred by Spirited Away because it captures the being lost in the mall feeling. Mm, um, when your much. parents get it's, disappear, yep, and you're like, I have no idea where I am, and I don't know where my parents are, and I can't talk to anybody, and like, it's, I am all of a sudden an adult, and I have to fix this, right? Yep. And I think that that the, there's there's a nightmarish element to the movie in that, um, but I think it's I really like my idea that that he he it's a dream. His movies are a dream mm-hmm. um, because it's very symbolic, um, which dreams tend to do, um, I guess, in the biblical sense. Um, and it it boils points down to a, to to things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in kind of odd ways, like you're not gonna run across a giant fluffy squirrel in the forest, but you might in your dream if you're thinking about like kind of the like an animal, like might be giant. Yeah, sure. Yeah, nature spirit, something like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't. Know. Yeah, um, I want to hit something Andrew said because one thing that I'm discovering I really appreciate about appreciate about his movies, um, and one thing that I think that makes them so likable and enjoyable. Mm-hmm is the suddenly you're an adult and you have to solve the problems. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters you get put in those shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're kind of a kid, maybe kind of a teenager. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you have a situation and you have to deal with it. And then they deal with it in like satisfying character specific mm-hmm. ways. Well, so that is something I read in his book was he wants to. So like he made a few movies that are a little bit more mature. Like I watched loop in the third, uh, Count of Conicillo today, which like a dude literally gets crushed by like a giant clock and he's like screaming. <laughs> and it nice. was a very different pace for the movie of movie for him. Um it's a heist movie too, which is kind of fun. Okay. Um All right. Like there's heisty elements. It's not you know. Right. It's but, not tenant. <laughs> yeah, but it's about a uh a world famous thief he's trying to break into this castle we don't know why the there's this big count dude that's like got this his own private military guard there's the cops that are chasing lupin lupin's trying to divert the cops onto the main guy it's fun it's a good elements but um he eventually kind of moves away from movies like that once once he had children himself mm-hmm. and he leans very heavily into wanting to have stories that challenge them, challenge the world that they already live in just a little bit, okay. you know? So presenting scenarios like 
Spirited Away could be a very traumatic movie for a child. Oh, yeah. If it was handled even just a little bit. I'm sure it is for some mm-hmm. people. I mean. Hey, buddy. <laughs> it's... Mommy, daddy, come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think because of the lens that he puts it in and because he's showing them a character that is put in those shoes, too, that doesn't know what they're supposed to do in this scenario, just like the kids that be watching it. Mm-hmm that's a good chance for those kids to learn from it, you know? And those are the kinds of stories that he wanted to be making. Mm -hmm. Um, Just stuff that it's almost like it's giving something to the audience, not just, Hey, you're watching this movie. Yeah. For the, especially for the people that really take the most out of media, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, little sponges we call kids (laughs) and enlightened people. Check out our enlightenment episode. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, because kids are just the most open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really what it is, is he knows that the people that are going to care about his movie as much as he does Mm -hmm. are kids and the enlightened. Yeah. And, I mean... And it it works out. They're great movies. Yeah. And I realized this, actually, watching uh, Nausicaa is when I was a kid, I really liked World War II movies, mm-hmm. especially like the dogfights and all that stuff. And I loved the, the airplanes. I had all the toy airplanes. And I never realized how much that imagery just like lodged in my brain. And now whenever that imagery comes back, it kind of tickles my brain in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And so in Nausicaa, there's a scene where they're all like in those big bulky ships flying back to the one place. And I was like, oh, that feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels right. I like that. Dude, those ships in Nausicaa were looking good. Yeah. Like the way he that he does or they design all of their machinery in Ghibli mm-hmm. movies is so cool to me. Yeah, it feels like in this perfect world of like hyper realistic and just simplistic. It's nice. I like yeah. it. Yeah, and it all moves so satisfyingly. Yeah, it's just it's so kinetic. Mm-hmm. Like just everything in his movies. Like there's all the just. Everything moves. Mm-hmm. Everything moves. And yeah. it all moves so well. And it was just knowing that it's all hand-drawn and it's such a pain in the ass to move things. Mm-hmm. And they move a lot of things. Yeah. You just got to respect them for it. Yeah. There's some dudes on a boat that's and their the, coattails are flapping in the, the breeze. That's the quality that he's talking about when he's like, I, if I take care of people and they don't have any extra problems because of me, they'll do something good. Yeah. You should have watched Spirited Away. Yeah, it's a good one. The thing about the airplanes kind of leads me to he's dude's got a thing for World War Two, mm-hmm. yeah, which I think makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because that's when he grew up. Yeah, and <laughs> very much present in the Japanese zeitgeist. But like, yeah, there's dogfight imagery and there's like naval battle imagery, mm-hmm. um, and just soldiers in uniform. Yeah, and that's... there's multiple movies where there's like, oh, that's definitely an atomic bomb. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> So, worth pointing out. Definitely yeah. an inspiration. I mean, that's a lot of animes like that, though. Yeah. Like, One Piece is just all naval va- battles, like, all the time. <laughs> okay. Just fun. Because yeah. they're uh, pirates, which yeah. makes sense. Yes. Um, Lots of Nazis in anime. Okay. Like, I love a good anime Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Stroheim, He's You don't know him? He's the best. No. Okay. Um... <laughs> cool yes good but, I don't know. all right so preston you were kind of wanting to lead this episode into like 
Why do we like them so much? Oh, I covered it in my okay. monologue. I wasn't paying attention. Good job, Preston. Good job. B plus. <laughs> well, okay. We really lost our steam. <laughs> it's what time is it? I don't have a phone. If he'd been paying attention, I would have maybe we would have maybe had more conversation than my monologue. C minus. He already made the joke. What? Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't spell a word that he made up, so I gave him a C minus. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> well, we're good at this. Shall we? That's gonna be a hell of an it, a got, hell of an end. Got, got anything you want to say? Anything else? Um. I'm sure it'll hit me in the car. Yeah. If we don't first. At some point, yeah. <laughs> Punch him. F. At some point, what? some point, we should do like a ranking of Miyazaki movies. That'd be a fun episode. No, we can just do that right now. I would give... I haven't seen all of them. Preston's seen like two okay, of them. I'll, give, I'll give my list. Okay. Once you guys have seen a higher percentage you'll give yours i okay. still haven't seen like i haven't seen pompoco i haven't seen wind rises and i haven't seen um there's another one. Oh, cat returns i haven't seen cat returns yet either gage i want to know what the final run time of this is because we're at about an hour 15 i'm putting my money on about 50 <laughs> <laughs> a lot um, of dead air in this one but i feel like ponyo is my number one okay just because that's the one i watched the most is a kid because okay. it was on netflix back in the day that was dope yeah. um i feel like right below that would be spirited away princess mononoke mm, i feel like lupin the third the one i watched today goes number four um totoro that's called that good <laughs> <laughs> cool yes <laughs> uh I don't know. Just quick top three. Uh, Wind Rises, number one, Spirit Away, number two, Totoro, number three. I've seen a bunch of others, but they kind of just like, yeah, they're all pretty good. Yeah. All of them. Wow, so brave. Um, <laughs> well, we shall. That means you have to do the outro. Well, go ahead and um, like us on social media, whichever ones you use. Go ahead and follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Apple and... Podcast. We're on Apple Podcast. That's what it is. Okay. That's what iTunes it's, for podcasts is. It's oh, just called no Podcasts. Me. You got an app on your phone. Click it. Type in Justice Losers. Hit any button that's big and shiny, and it's probably the right one. And in the future. If you want to know about other episodes, we're on social media, like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just go ahead and hit like and start a fight in the comments. Matt from Georgia, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, bud. <laughs> yeah, what he said. Check us out. Facebook, we're on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod, Instagram at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we got a Gmail, justicelosers.pod at gmail.com. You forgot about that one. I'm disappointed. Oh. I'm sad. Where you can send us your... That's where Matt sent us his, uh, his essay. Yeah, you can send us properly formatted five-paragraph essays. Why don't you? With sites. Cite your sources next time. Yes. I want APA format. Uh, I'm all about Chicago. Oh, actually, no. I want uh, I-E-E-E. E! I-E-E-E. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That's the engineering MLA. format. Cool. I, really? So old school. I'm an old school kind of guy. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, he said most of the things. You can find us on podcast mediums. Tell your friends. They should hear about us. They deserve to suffer. Can you end it already? Thanks Jesus. for listening. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.